Alrighty. Welcome back to Hype. You guys in here? That was, that was a genuine welcome. I'm like, I'm glad you're here. I hope you're glad to be here. Um, amazing Race is over. Yeah, that's okay. It was fun, wasn't it? We're going to start a new series tonight called Evidence. Okay, and uh, can I get a little help from the leaders on the soundboard back there? There's um, some pens and some post-it notes. And uh, what I want you guys to do is um, they're going to hand out some uh, post-it notes and, and a pen. If you don't have a pen, take a pen. Everybody needs to grab uh, one blue and one pink post-it note. All right? So take it and, and then pass it down to the next person. One blue, one pink. And a pen. Don't do anything with it yet. Don't write anything on it yet. While, we're, uh, while you're passing those out, I want to ask you guys, excuse me, um, a question. What, what, what do you think of when you think of the word evidence? What do you think of when you think of the word evidence? Yeah. What's that? Beliefs. Okay. Oh, police. Yeah, Jane. CSI. Maddie. So crime, okay, Eli. Huh? Proof. Yeah, Connor. Scooby-Doo. It's valid. Yes. Caution tape. Yeah, Nick. Truth. Dead people. Dead people. evidence, yeah. Files. Jackson, did you have one? I saw you raise your hand. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Dexter. Okay, Bryn. Clue, yeah. Say it again. Court services. Court services? Okay. Any other ones? Let me give you the definition of the word evidence while, while you're still uh, getting those passed out, okay? Here's the definition of the word evidence. It'll be up here. The available body of facts or information indicating whether a belief or proposition is true or valid. All right? The available body of facts or information indicating whether a belief is or proposition is true or valid. So proof, that was, that was a, a good one. Um, <clears throat> all right, does everybody have a uh, an post-it note? A, one blue and one pink? White. I'm colorblind. Give me a break. Okay, one blue and one white and a pen. Here's what I want you to do. All right, we're going to take about five minutes, and I want you to just kind of take your time and think for a few minutes. Van can put some music on for us or something. Um, but uh, we're going to take about five minutes, and I want you on the blue post-it note, listen up, I want you on the blue post-it note to write down everything that you can think of that gives evidence that someone is a Christian, okay? On the blue post-it note, I want you to write down everything that you can think of that gives evidence that someone's a Christian. And then on, on the white post-it note, pink for all you colorblind people like me, um, I want you to put everything you can think of down on that one that gives evidence that someone is not a Christian, okay? Evidence that someone's not a Christian on the white post-it note, evidence that someone is a Christian on the blue post-it note. And then when you're done, take your time, but when you're done, I want you to take your blue post-it note and stick it up here on this um, room divider right here, 
and I want you to take your white one and stick it up on this one. All right? Everybody know what you're doing? Okay, on the white post-it note, I want you to write down everything that you can think of that gives evidence that someone is not a Christian. And on the blue post-it note, I want you to write down everything that you can think of that gives evidence that someone is a Christian. Okay? Blue post-it notes go over on this side. Thank you. White post-it notes go on this side when you're done. Or pink. Okay. Let's see, uh, let's see what you guys wrote. A couple things here. I'm not going to read all of them, but... Spreads, okay, this is evidence, evidence, things that give proof that you are a Christian, okay? Uh, it's, uh, spreads the word of God. Um, they believe in God. They go to church. They give their lives to Christ. Pray. Reads the Bible, goes to church. Prayer, go to church. Good person, treating people kindly. Okay, prayer, going to church, doing what God wants them to, treating people kindly. Read Bible. Um, that looks like pony. I'm going to say, is it really pony? Did you write pony? I think it says pray. Um, it looks a lot like pony, though. Act like a Christian. Good language. Okay, reads the Bible, goes to church, talks about God. Sounds a lot like uh, uh, there's a consensus, general consensus of reading the Bible, going to church, and acting like a good person. Okay, let's uh, let's read over here some of the ones that that evidence that says that you're not a Christian. Does not go to church, does not talk about God. Uh, say says bad things, does bad things. Hangs out with bad people. Curses a lot. Drugs. Uses God's name in vain. Steals. Uses bad language. Don't read the Bible. Don't pray. Don't come to church. Cussing. Dress. Drugs. Bad life. We had a pony and a dress here. I don't know what's going on. Um, not a Christian. Not born again. Worships idols or Satan, believes in other religions, rude, selfish, blind to who Jesus is, honors their flesh. Okay, let me ask you something. Um, where do you guys, where'd you guys get these answers from? Huh? Yeah, man. From your mind? Okay, what else? Where else? Yeah. Society? Parents? Yeah. God? Stereotypes, yeah. Experience, maybe that would be a way to word that, yeah. Life, okay, yeah. From the Bible, okay. Um, the Bible actually says something to us that, that uh, it's the, the, the reason that we're going to be doing this series, okay? And I had you guys do this exercise for uh, a reason, and I, I want to talk about this for a minute, but um, 2 Corinthians 13.5, listen up, says... Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. So do you think this verse means that the answers can come from us? Yes or no? No. No. We're the ones taking the test, right? What's the test?
The first part. What's it say? Examine yourselves to what? What's the test? The test is to see whether or not we're truly following Christ. Can you guys do me a favor? Can you pull these out so I can see you? Thank you. Would you mind grabbing this one and just scooting that over? Thank you. Um, so the test is to see whether or not you're truly following Christ, right? Um, and do you think, what do you think that we test ourselves with? Is it these? Is it the post-it notes? Is it the, the answers that we came up with? What do we test ourselves with? What do you think? Yeah. Experience in life. What we do. What influences us. Yeah, Jackson. Temptation. Are any one of those things unchanging? Are any one of those things always true? Right? Sometimes our experiences and sometimes... Uh, the things that, that we, our environments around us, they change a lot, right? And sometimes the environment that I'm in is different than the one that you're in. And so uh, we can't really test ourselves against something that's not always the same, right? And so the thing that we have to test ourselves with is the Bible. The Bible is the word of God. The Bible is, is God's word to us. It's true. Uh, it's it's uh, unchanging. And, uh, and it's the thing that, that God has called us to, to test ourselves with. Uh, that's what 2 Corinthians 13, 5, um, this, is, this is what we need to examine ourselves with, okay? Um, we need something that's unbiased, something that's true, something that's consistent all the time, and that's, the God, that's God's word. Uh, the Bible is, it acts like a mirror. If you think about a mirror, um, when you look into a mirror, what do you see? Yourself, Yourself right? Uh, God's word is like a mirror in that it reflects what it sees, but um, we can look into a mirror, we can see our flaws, we can see our our blemishes, our scars, and all these things, um, when we look into the Word of God, when we look into the Bible, we can see uh, ourselves in light of Christ then, and we can see how uh, unlike Jesus we are, and we can see how much more we still need to grow uh, to be like Him. But the difference between the mirror of God's Word and a, and a regular mirror is that a regular mirror, when you stand in front of it, the only thing that it can reflect is your outward appearance, right? Right? It can't see what's inside you. It can't uh, change you. It can just show you for who you are on the outside. Okay? But when we examine ourselves through the mirror of God's word, uh, it goes deeper than that. It, goes, it doesn't just reflect who we are on the outside. It actually starts to reflect who we are on the inside and reveals that to us. And the Bible actually has a, a power um, to, to transform us, and the, the Holy Spirit comes along and, and transforms us that way. Okay? Through God's word... Um, we're able to see past the outward experience and into the inner person. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. See, the mirror of God's word allows us to, to look past our outward self, like I said before, and examine our inner self down to the very soul to test our thoughts and attitudes of our heart. And ultimately, it's the, it's the ongoing thoughts and attitudes of our heart that, uh, that give evidence as to whether or not we're truly following Christ. 
And God will hold us accountable for those things, for those thoughts and attitudes of our heart. But if we don't use the word of God as the test by which we examine ourselves, then we've already failed the test, okay? We've already failed the test before it started. If we don't start with that, uh, then we failed already. When you look into the mirror, you don't just look at the mirror, right? How many of you guys have decorative mirrors in your house? Anybody? Or like you couldn't possibly like reach to even look into it. It's just kind of hanging up on the wall and uh, it's just there. Um, Is that the purpose of a mirror? Some of your moms might say yes, okay, because they like to decorate with that. But I'm function over fashion every time, okay? I'm just saying that. So um, if I have a mirror, I'm going to use it to look at myself, not me. That sounded kind of arrogant, but that's not what I meant. So, um, but it's just a decoration. If it just hangs there and you can't use it, you can't look into it, it's just a decoration, right? Um, What's the purpose of a mirror to, to be hung up if it's never to be used? It's just a decoration. And if we treat the word of God uh, as simply something to look at, but we never look into it and examine ourselves and do what it says, then we're not using it the way God intended it to be used. And so the Bible is so much more than just a, a something to be displayed. It's something to be used. And so we need to use it to examine ourselves if we're truly going to follow uh, the, this test, we have to know what the answer key is, right? And it's the Bible. James 1, through 25 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Don't just hang it up on the wall and look at it. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like one who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. See, the moment that we walk away from the mirror of God's word, the moment that we uh, no longer seek to to find out who we are based on what the Bible says, um, we lose sight of who God wants us to be. And we need to continue in it, like James says. It's not enough to simply reflect on God's word. We need to act on God's word. Uh, We need to see the reflection of who we really are in it and allow God to change us through it. We need to do what it says. So so during this series, we're going to follow the instructions from 2 Corinthians 5.13, and we're going to examine ourselves in order to see whether or not we're in the faith. And the answer to that seems pretty straightforward. It seems like um, it's either going to be yes or no, right? I mean, there's there's really no in-between. And and that's true, but, but at the same time, um, it's, simply, it's, it's more than determining simply if you're an unbeliever or a believer. There's actually a third category that I want to make us aware of because I think this is an important one. Um, there's the, the false believer. And then in, in uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, Jesus himself talks about this person. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And I don't know about you guys, but I I think that this is a a pretty frightening passage if you stop to think about it long enough, okay? Um, That means that there's people in this world. That means that that there's students in this room. Some of you in this room uh, are believe that you're following Christ. And, um, 
and, and, uh, but in reality, you're blind to the fact, and, the, and people all over this world who believe that they're following Christ, they're blind to the fact that they're not even close to him, that they don't truly know him, okay? And, and um, if nothing changes between now and, and when they stand before him to, to be judged, then they will not enter the kingdom of heaven. There are people like that. There might be some of you in this room that are like that, that think you're following Jesus, and if nothing changes in your life, then when you stand before him face to face in judgment, you're going to find out that you weren't really living for him. And you're going to be judged for that. Okay? Now, my goal for this series isn't, isn't to, to strike fear and doubt into the heart of every student in here, especially the ones who truly are following Christ. Listen, if you're following Christ for real, if you're truly following Christ, then you have nothing to fear. You can have full assurance in your faith in him, no doubts whatsoever, okay? In fact, my goal for you during this series as a true follower of Christ is that as you examine yourself through the mirror of his word. We're going to be digging into um, the book of First John, five chapters long. As you examine yourself through the mirror of his word in First John, that you would be encouraged and that you would be strengthened in your faith uh, as you see those things in your life that, that John talks about that give evidence of a true believer. And so I pray that you would be encouraged. Now, if you're an unbeliever in here, if you're not following Christ and you're fully aware of that, okay, you just, you just haven't chosen him yet, um, my goal for you during this series is that you would move past simply hearing the word of God. Week after week after week, you come back, and I'm thankful for that. But my prayer is that you move from simply just coming and playing the games and singing the songs and, and having fun and, and just hearing the word of God to actually taking it to heart and start doing what it says. I hope that you put your, your hope and trust in Jesus alone to save you from hell and the power of sin and death in your life and that you would continue in his word and live your life in complete submission to him, okay? And if you believe that you uh, are following Christ, but you really aren't, if you're in that last category of the false believer, my goal for you during this series is that God's word would penetrate deep into your soul and expose the real thoughts and the real attitudes of your heart, and, and, and so that your eyes would be opened and that you would surrender completely to Christ and let him build a true faith in you, Okay? Now, what I don't want this to be is I don't want you to start looking around the room and trying to figure out who's a believer, who's an unbeliever, who's a false believer, okay? The series isn't about finger pointing uh, at others and saying who's a Christian and who's not. I want every, I I I genuinely want everyone in this room to personally know the freedom uh, of Christ and and, and his forgiveness and the joy of of living a life devoted to him, okay? That's my dream and, and, and my goal for all of us is that we all are true believers in here and that we can walk together in Christ. But in order for that to happen, we need to look straight into the mirror of God's word at ourselves and not get distracted uh, by looking past it and, and kind of glancing off to the left and right and looking at others around us. Only God knows the true state of someone's heart, that person that's sitting next to you. Only God knows the true state of their heart. You have no idea. And so uh, what I'm asking you to do is let God convict them and let God convict you. Let God challenge your heart because he's fully capable of doing both. If we would all simply just take an honest look at ourselves through the mirror, through the lens of God's word, then um, we'll find out the real you and me. 
okay? Jesus has promised salvation to anyone who repents of sin and trusts in him. It's, it's available to, to anyone who does that. We're, we're saved by God's grace through faith alone. We can't do anything to earn salvation. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works so that no one may boast. We can't say, hey, I made it to God on my own. I did this and I did this. I can't, you can't say that, that you, you did all these post-it notes over here and I didn't do any of these over here, so I'm good. Right? It doesn't work like that. It's a gift. It's a gift from God. We can't build our assurance uh, of salvation on any other foundation except for Jesus Christ and his grace and his forgiveness. So right after Jesus talks about the false believer in uh, Matthew chapter 7, he says this, verses 24 through 27. He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down much like it did tonight. And the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. See, we need to follow the advice of Jesus and James and we need to not just hear what the word says, but we also need to do what the word says. We need to do what Jesus says and, and build our foundation firmly on the rock, Jesus Christ. Only then will we have a firm foundation to build our faith on. We can't build our faith on anything else other than Christ. So the book of 1 John is going to give us um, sort of a, a more detailed, uh, if, we, if we went for the analogy of building our house of faith, uh, the book of 1 John is going to kind of give us a brick-by-brick brick view of what that looks like, Okay. Uh, and, and we're going to begin next week by looking at 1 John chapter 1. So I would encourage you to start now looking into the mirror of God, into the mirror uh, of the Word of God, and examine yourself this week by reading 1 John chapter 1. But until then, I want to give you kind of a, a bigger picture view, sort of, the, sort of four um, walls, if you will, of evidence of a true saving faith in the life of a believer. So the first one then, is uh, faith in Christ today, okay? Do you trust Christ right now for your salvation? Uh, will you trust him tomorrow and the next day and the next day? Will you keep trusting Jesus for your salvation? It's not a one-time decision. It's a daily decision to keep trusting Christ for the rest of your life. Hebrews 3.14 says, For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Right? If, you, if you still have your pen and you want to write down some, some notes, you can go to the next slide. Um, there's a couple other verses there that talks about that. Hebrews 6, 11 through 12, Colossians 1, 22 and 23. The second wall uh, of, of this um, house that we're building of faith is uh, the presence of God's Spirit. Everyone who truly puts his or her faith in Christ for salvation receives the Holy Spirit as a gift from God to help that person... Uh, obey God's commands, and act more like God. Look more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. Uh, he comforts us. He guides us. He gives us spiritual gifts and the desire to obey God and enables us to pray and understand God's word. And if, um, if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. If you're an unbeliever, you don't. John 14, 16, and 17 says, 
And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. That's referring to the Holy Spirit. The, word, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Some other verses to look up for that one are 1 Corinthians 12, 3. 1 John 3, 23 and 24. And Galatians 5, 19 through 24. You, uh, if you were here for the Amazing Race, um, you were probably familiar with Galatians 5. It talks about the fruits of the Spirit. All right? Number three, then, is, is obedience to the Word of God. Everyone who truly loves God and trusts in Christ for salvation will develop a love for His Word and a desire to obey it. Not just, not just like, oh, this is a good story. I love reading this. I love reading about all the, all the, uh, the stories in here and, and all the different people. Uh, it's not a good fiction novel. This is, everything in here is true. And everything happened. Okay? And so it's not just something that we look at. It's something that we, that we internalize and we take in and, and we allow it to change us. We desire to obey it, not just to look at it, not, not just to, to view it as uh, a decoration. Okay? The Bible reveals God's law to us. It reveals our inability to follow that law on our own. It reveals our need for a Savior, Jesus Christ. It reveals the freedom that we have in Christ to obey God and to spend eternity with Him. We can't fully know God without the Bible. And a genuine believer then will delight in the Word of God. It will bring you joy. It will, it will um, you'll delight in it, okay? Psalm 119, 12 through 16 says, Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. If you're a believer, then your Bible is more than just a paperweight. It's more than just another book on your shelf that collects dust. It's something that you open up. It's something that you uh, write in and take notes in. It's something that, that you own, okay? something that you take and it's yours and, and, and you soak it in, you delight in it, you, you take joy in it. If you don't own a Bible, we have Bibles that we would love to give you for free. You can ask me or one of the hype leaders. We'd love to give it to you. Um, you definitely want to write your name in it though because we've given them out to several students and they all look the same. Okay, so you want, you want to make it yours. Write your name in it. And, uh, but we'd love to give you one, so if you need one. All right, and the last one then, the, the last wall big picture idea, is a pattern of growth over time. Oh, uh, John 1, 17 and 18, for the obedience to the word of God, Acts 13, 38 and 39, Romans 3, 19 and 24, or 19 through 24, John 14, 15, Psalm 19, 7 through 10. Okay, those are some other ones that you can look up this week. Um, and if you don't have uh, a pen to write these down or whatever, we'll, the podcast will be up. So you can go back and listen to the podcast and find these, okay? So last one, pattern of growth over time. A genuine believer will see a pattern of maturity, a growth in spiritual maturity over time. At any moment, you may feel bogged down, you may feel weakened, you may feel uh, uh, weary or struggling to grow, but in the big picture of your life, you should always be able to see ways in which you've changed and matured in Christ from the time you began to trust in Him, whether that's been a few weeks or, or several years, you should be able to look back over that scope and see progress towards Christ and not away from him, okay? 
The genuineness of our faith is marked out less by our current momentary spiritual maturity and, and, and more by the overall pattern of our lives. So a good question to continue to ask would be this. Would the people you know well say that you're generally characterized by, the obe- by obedience to God? Would they say um, that they see you consistently becoming more and more like him? 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3 says, Therefore rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Some other reading that you can do is 2 Peter 1, 2 through 11, and 1 Corinthians 13, 11 for that. Okay, so, so what happens then if, if, if I mess up, okay? What happens if, if you're maturing in your relationship with Christ and you mess up, you stumble and you sin? Colossians 2, 13 and 14 says, And you who were dead in your, transgre- in your uh, trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. The work of Christ means that uh, we who were once dead in our sins are now alive in Christ. If you were here on Sunday, you heard me talk about this. And Paul uh, says in in Colossians 3 uh, to to the Colossians that you were dead with Christ. You you died with Christ and you were raised with him. So, So there's Jesus took all of our sin, all of our guilt, past, present, and future, and nailed it to the cross. There's, uh, there's nothing that we need to do in order to earn salvation. There's nothing that we need to do in order to earn forgiveness initially, nor can we do anything to re-earn forgiveness when we, when we fall and when we sin, when we mess up. It's a free gift of God. We can't. We can't do it. It's a free gift of God to all who trust in Jesus for it, all right? Now, it's important to remember that we'll never be able to perfectly keep God's law or perfectly exhibit the fruits of the Spirit in this world. We'll never be able to perfectly uh, line up with those four things that we just talked about. So even as we look for evidences and those things, even as we look for those evidences of truth, uh, of true faith in our own lives, we should never rest our confidence in what we can do or what we have done or, uh, or believe that we'll never have sin again in our lives. Ultimately, nobody will be able to compile a resume good enough to present to Jesus to get yourself into heaven. You just can't do it because uh, we can't earn our way there. Instead, our only hope is that Jesus has promised salvation to anyone who continues to repent of their sin and continues to trust in him and live uh, their life for him. And if you fall short in one of those four areas... um, Maybe right now you're falling short in one of those. That doesn't necessarily mean that you aren't a Christian, okay? Remember, there's a difference between stumbling in sin when you pursue God, while you pursue God and stumbling in sin, and actually neglecting God and pursuing sin itself. And so you'll see those fruits, those things come out. We'll stumble in sin, but if you're in Christ, uh, God will reveal that to you through the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. You'll be convicted of it. You won't want to do that anymore. You'll, you'll ask God to forgive you for that, and you'll move on in grace and forgiveness, and you, you'll leave that behind, okay? But if you're pursuing sin, then you won't even really care what God has to think, has to say. So there's a difference between 
uh, stumbling in our sin while we trust, while we pursue God, and actually neglecting God altogether to pursue sin itself. And so are you putting your hope, are you putting your trust in Christ alone for your salvation? If so, be encouraged. And if not, I pray that through the course of this uh, series that you will, that you will put your hope and your trust and your faith in him alone uh, for your salvation and that you will begin to, uh, to let him change you from the inside out because that's the only way that it happens. We can't work our way in to the kingdom of heaven. 1 John 5, 11 and 12 says, And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. My prayer is that through this series, that those who do not have life would find it in Jesus. And those who do would be encouraged all the more to continue on in a life that's, that's worthy of uh, what he's called you to. Okay? I'm looking forward to digging into the, the book of First John. And we're going to start that together. Um, next week in chapter one, and we're going to spend five weeks on it. It's five chapters long. Okay, let's look into the mirror of God's word and examine ourselves, and allow God to encourage, to convict, to challenge, and to change our hearts to be more like Him. Amen. I'm excited about this. I think it's going to be good. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that uh, that it's true and unchanging. Thank you that every time that we look into it, that we can. Um, see who we really are in you. And, uh, and, and thank you, God, for um, your grace that saves us, that, uh, your mercy that, that draws us. Uh, and uh, Father, I pray for uh, those in here tonight that as we start this series, as we go home and, and we look into to the, the book of 1 John, that as we, as we genuinely and truly look into that to see ourselves, that you would reveal yourself to us that you would reveal uh, who we are in you or outside of you and, uh, and that you would draw each one of us to you, that you would draw the believer into you even more and, uh, and be encouraged, that you would uh, draw the unbeliever to yourself through your grace and mercy, that they would find forgiveness and life in you and that you would uh, draw the, the, the false believer into you to reveal your, you to them for who you really are to reveal them to you, uh, them for who they really are, and help the, the blinders come off of their eyes and see uh, where they're deceiving themselves and that they would pursue you from here on out. We love you. We trust you. We thank you that the Holy Spirit uh, will be coming along with us on this journey and, uh, and will lead and guide and convict us where uh, those things need to happen. We thank you, and, and uh, we give you all the glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen. All right. See you next week.